Rebecca, welcome to the Person to See show. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate you having me on today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hey, before we get started, if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast, what I want you to do is I want you to pause it. And if you look up there in that section where it says the anchor, um, in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a share button. Hit that share button and share this interview because it's going to be awesome. Share it with anybody, whether it's through email, Twitter, or uh, through Facebook. Anybody who you think should hear it, okay? So uh, let's not delay anymore. Let's get back to the interview and let's hear so all of the great information Rebecca has to share with us. So uh, Rebecca, um, I think the best place to begin is give us a little background on how you got started in your business. Sure. Um, so before, uh, before I started my business, I, I was at Chapman University as a student. I was a business communications major, which is a unique blend of uh, business classes, marketing classes, public speaking, advertising, economics. Uh, I was lucky enough to take a an advertising class from uh, a professor who happened to be the CMO of Taco Bell at the time. And uh, she introduced me to her PR firm, uh, where I went to work for my first several years of my career. Um, and, uh, and that launched my love for public relations. Uh, I then went to a boutique agency that uh, was here in Orange County. Uh, they, uh, I really learned a lot about design and web development while I was there and built a network in the commercial real estate industry. In 2003, I uh, quit my nice paying job and uh, pursued my dream to start my own agency. And now we are 17 years in um, and we're still building, still growing. Awesome. You know, two things struck me about what you said about being a Chapman. One is how lucky were you to have a professor with real life experience, right? I mean, I, I talk a little bit about that. And the second thing is not very many people, I went to school for political science, right? I mean, unless you're going to be a professor or work at some sort of a think tank, you're really never going to use that degree. You know, even if you work on Capitol Hill, it's not like you're using your political science degree necessarily. Talk a little bit about that and how that was a great opportunity for you. Yeah, I, I went to Chapman University right before it. I mean, the first year it was called university. It was Chapman College before that. And it was a unique time, um, very entrepreneurial. Um, Having classes from adjunct professors has been a long-term tradition there uh, to really pair up the philosophical, uh, sorry, I'm messing this up, Tim. Um, That's all right. <laughs> you're not, you're so, not messing um, anything up. This is awesome. This is, so we're just people. I went to Chapman University at a time uh, where, where uh, the university was growing, very entrepreneurial. And yeah. uh, they have a long tradition of bringing in adjunct professors from the industry. And so I was just very lucky to sign up for this class. Um, I got the tip from a classmate that it was the best one because she also fed you if you got to class on time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as a starving student to get Taco Bell every Monday night was great. Um, but, uh, it really gave us an insider look and I really started to get excited about the, um, advertising, PR, branding. Um, and she brought in her agency over multiple courses, over multiple, um, classes and, um, just really got me excited about it. Um, 
and so that's that's kind of where my first interest became that people did not know what PR was when I went into it even my own parents it's just what is what is this you're doing um, mm -hmm. but I I really I was a duck to water I just loved everything about it um, communications um, presentations pitching ideas um, having influence with media um, I just I just took to it um, was there more you wanted to to know about no I no I just thought that was terrific about you know like I said a the value today you see it more and more where your professors are practitioners yeah and that really accelerates your learning curve not to mention you get introductions and the fact that you could take classes that prepared you or showcased i mean your professor approached you because obviously they saw the talent right yeah. and they saw your you know your aptitude for that and that's really yeah. terrific Thank um you. so so you started your business in 2003 meaning you know um idea hall which I love that name. What, how lucky are you to have that last name and you know, business? Oh, it's just perfect. Well, I'm and um, what, I want you, what I want you to talk about is how you're able to make that transition from being uh, a one, a one person band to building a business. Cause a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to build an agency I never sat out, sought out to be an independent contractor. Um, and I think there's a unique distinction there. And it's a wise choice for some to stay an independent contractor and be responsible for just their, themselves. Um, it is a leap of faith um, to be responsible for somebody else's income. And, uh, but I always was committed to doing that. So when I started in 2003, I was by myself, me and my cat. Um, the first person I hired was a, was a contract controller. Um, her name is Temple Watson and she's still with me today. Um, started out coming one day a week and now she's been full time for years. Um, but that's a, that's a pretty cool experience. Um, I think if I gave advice to other people on how to do it, um, there's a there's a couple key things. One is uh, really doing the planning. Really, how will you go about your business? What's the business plan? How will you market it? Um, what what resources do you need? Um, I'm in a business service, so it's all about people, um, some technology, uh, and if you do enough planning, you um, you'll know when it's right to move forward on those plans. You'll talk to enough mentors, colleagues, friends and family, and just you'll know when you have gotten past the fear and it's easy to make the jump. Um, the other thing is I think, you know, you just have to be willing to have some grit and figure some things out. Um, and the more you're prepared from previous jobs of running departments or teams or or companies, the easier some of that will come. Um, but the, you know, the hardest working person in any company is, is often the owner, if it's right. an owner operator, <laughs> like yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, and, and you do learn all the jobs. <laughs> Rebecca, Rebecca, are your parents entrepreneurs? No, my parents, uh, my dad was in government, my mom was in nonprofits. And you know what, that's, that's great, because you're the first person to start the cycle and Talk a little bit about your family and how you work with your husband, but you have a daughter. And 
So it, you don't have to come from an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial background to be an entrepreneur. No. Right? You're, you're the first person to start it. You just had the bug and you started the cycle for your family. That's fantastic. Yes. Hey, so describe the current state of your company. You have 23 employees. What are your verticals? Things like that. Sure. So um, 17 years old, 23 people currently. Um, we, uh, we think of ourselves of out, as outsourced CMOs. We have a PR department, a creative department, account services, in-house video. Um, we service clients in about eight different industries, real estate, healthcare, finance and banking, business services, nonprofit, con select consumer uh, products or services and education. Um, and so we have a nice balance of um, large and small and um, across different industries. And because of the variety of services we provide to our clients, um, I've been really pleased with how we've been able to pivot most recently with the COVID crisis um, to still remain uh, relevant and valuable for our clients. So, and I want to talk a little bit about this interview is not about managing through COVID. People have had, have heard enough, but I do want to talk. I, I do want to talk about your unique situation. Yeah. So take a couple seconds, 30 seconds. Tell us about like if, in a law firm, they have trust in the States and they have acquisitions and they have mergers and acquisitions and they have uh, litigation and corporate. You guys are PR. Talk about your different verticals. Yeah. So um, we look, I'll start with um, what we call brands and buzz. So we kind of look at everything through that lens. Um, anything that is brand development, so naming, positioning, um, corporate values, mantras, um, then logos, identity, look and feel systems, gets into the business tools of websites, brochures, trade show booths, business cards, stationery, um, then it moves into advertising, advertising in traditional realms, television, outdoor, mm -hmm. radio, to digital, mm -hmm. digital crosses into email, into social media. Social media is where brands and buzz really work tight together. Um, mm, yeah. All kinds of content development, including video. And then we'll come back out to the brand side or I'm sorry, the buzz side and how do you create buzz? And that's yep. often through uh, public relations, events, social, um, again, real heavy on content development. Um, but there's always new tools, new ways to communicate, whether through mobile apps or um, uh, going sure. back to old school. If, um, we recently were working on a old, uh, uh, what I would call a traditional newspaper that was in print. So everything in between. It's great. It's really terrific. I was making a joke about, you know, the millennials, they're probably like, what is this thing, the newspaper of which you speak, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I have a 13 year old daughter and, you know, um, and I ask her, what are you doing? And, and you know, she's looking at her phone and she's like, I'm, I'm watching a movie. And I'm, it just blows me away that not that you can watch a movie on your phone, but that you would choose to because my experience is you're either in a theater or you're in your family room where there's a big screen, you know, in order to get the effect. But it just the, the way that information is consumed today is just remarkable. 
Um, so, so, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, talk a little bit about how you've been able to thrive or at least mitigate, you know, any, any damage to your business in COVID-19. What, what have you been able to do? And yeah. just share some I mean, techniques this, or ideas. This, cri this crisis with COVID is just in its infancy, in my opinion. Um, but the key to getting through any crisis is to act quickly. Um, we acted quickly to meet with every single client. We um, proactively offered what we thought they should be doing in the moment, knowing we would iterate and to get their buy-in that let's do this now and check back in three days or a week to ensure that this is still the right thing to do. Um, it is really about um, experience and being able to move quickly. Um, and I think through the last recession in 2008 and this one was maybe a little bit easier because we've been through things like this before. Not exactly the same, but there was experience to draw on. Um, acting quickly, being proactive, don't hide <laughs> from things, um, even though you may feel like curling up in a ball. Um, <laughs> you have yeah. to get out and talk with yeah. people. Um, and real leaders um, you know, know that they can only make the best decision in the now, and it might change tomorrow. Um, but if you can lead with values and lead with strength, um, a lot of it will work in your favor and there's a lot of opportunity to continue to pivot. Um, so many of my clients are innovating right now and we are part of that process with them. Um, coming up with new ways of doing things, new offerings, taking traditional experiences, putting them online, um, reimagining how workplaces will come back, reimagining how events may come back. Um, and so just working on a lot of those great problems um, is, is rewarding, uh, purpose-driven, um, and, uh, you know, our organization, our mantra is that we are champions of all things good, and so we really get to fulfill on that right now. Um, we always look to do that, but right now it feels like we're just seizing that opportunity to, to be that partner. You know, it, and that's, that, that, you know, that's so important. Like you just said, you know, it's, it's so self-evident, but I think it's worth, you know, reinforcing act quickly, right? Like be decisive. So, you know, uh, I want to, I want to kind of switch things up a little bit on you, um, not to trick you, uh, but actually, you, you know, people get to see the best of you. Like you're an incredibly successful business person. And you're, um, you know, you built an amazing business. I personally witnessed you survive through the downturn in 2008 and 2009 uh, with great leadership on your part and, and Randy, your husband's part. Um, and then right now, obviously, you're continuing still to do quite well. So people see how good you are, but we only get to see the best of people usually in situations like this. But I think people want to know really you know, to relate to you is, did you have struggles? You know, where were your challenges, mistakes you might have made? And what I'd like to, I'd like you to talk about is first is, do you remember any seminal decisions you've made where you were scared, but you went ahead and did them anyway? Yeah. 
Um, coming out of the last recession, we, we felt pretty beat up. We made it, but it was hard. And um, it, our lease was up for renewal. And the easy thing would have been to find the lowest cost um, option. And wow. we could have maybe stayed where we were. And it, and it was just, it was just fine, right? It was just a fine building and a fine landlord. Um, but we found this really cool office and it started to get me and my husband excited again. And we started to vision where we were going and, um, you know, it's funny how space and your environment can really affect you and really trigger energy and um, possibilities. And so we stepped up to kind of a fancy office for us, <laughs> at least at the time it felt that way, um, that has a beautiful view of a, of a sculpture garden and it's on the bottom floor of a high rise building. And at the time I was nervous, it was a huge financial commitment, um, personal signature, <laughs> um, bigger than my mortgage, uh, all of those things. And, um, but it also unlocked really the energy and vision to take our agency to the next level. Um, it paid for itself in spades by the talent we could attract and keep. Um, we're in an industry where in normalized times, the, t the average tenure is 18 months. Like I mentioned, I have a con controller who's been with me 17 years. We have a number of people who've been with us five, six, seven years, four years. Um, our vision of being a great company to work for in the creative space um, is personified by the space we have. And so um, while signing on the dotted line for a couple million dollars of lease payments was scary, um, it, it opened up new possibilities for us too. So I talk about, I want to talk about, and I don't have any in, and I've, you know, I've known you and we've had conversations about 2008, 2009, and I've known you for a long time. Um, I want you to talk about integrity. I want you to talk about situations where, you know what, I could have gotten away with not paying my rent in 2000 or not. Yeah. Talk about how important that was. Yeah. To your brand and, and, and to your reputation. Maybe if you had any particular situations, and I know you're not trying to brag about how holier than thou. I just want to know about what, how you acted oh. in the face of adversity. Yeah. No, I, so... I think some of the hardest um, things, pay, pain, rent. Yeah, we we probably could have gotten out of it. It wasn't um, a long dialogue in my own brain about that because I always want to be the. I always want to do the right thing. I always know what the right thing is. Um, sometimes we argue with ourselves, right? <laughs> um, I think the hardest thing for me is sometimes when things go south with people. Um, I think the, some of the hardest times I've had in business is, um, when I'm not being understood or maybe I'm not understanding the person. Um, 
there have been times when people have criticized my leadership um, or my decision making um, to things that um, are so against my value system. Um, I did, I had a um, personnel situation where they accused me of, um, uh, what was it? I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't thought about this in a long time. Um, religious um, discrimination. Yeah. And that's such a, um, that goes against everything I believe in, everything I've been raised to believe in. Um, even, even my time at Chapman University, it was to honor you know, all religions, even if you have a preference for yourself, it's a personal choice. So it really just got under my skin to be accused of something that was so against my, uh, my value system. Um, I, I got so angry. I hired lawyers and really, um, the lawyers won out in that one. Um, but he was just looking for a paycheck and, found a way to get under my skin so badly. Um, and I think my mistake was um, taking it personally and not seeing it for what it really was and then letting myself spend time and energy defending my own honor, if you will. If you, if you had to do it over again, what would you, like, how would you have done it differently? Would you just not have engaged? Like, what would you have done Not differently? engaged. Um, I, I, I let this person go, uh, for performance issues. Um, they came back with wrongful termination because of his, um, claimed religion. I think if I came across that now, I'm a little bit more mature and experienced and I would have realized what it really was, was just, I want some more money. Um, so that was a that was a hefty price tag mistake, and, so, and more than the money, the emotional um, toll for that know, period of time. Well, it's funny, you, you know. Some people they'll talk about ROI, which is return on investment, but yeah. let's not forget ROE, which is return on energy. It and is. It's like having a having a client that pays you money. But no matter how much money you're paid, it's just not no, no, not no matter how much you're paid, but what you're being paid is not worth the energy. Similarly, yeah. sometimes you're not paid top rate, but the client is so easy, it, it, you're happy to do it, right? Yeah. But yeah. as a leader, we've got to, yeah, you know, as a leader, you have to make that analysis. Hey, let me ask you. So, so what, what do you think, or not what do you think is, what is your brand? Like Rebecca Hall, the word or phrase you want people to think of when they think of you. Um, I think of key phrases more than like one word. And, and it is, um, uh, she has great ideas and she always does something good. And by good, I mean like for the benefit of the community, the business, um, uh, some higher ethical standard. Um, I believe in goodness and I think that's, I think people know me for that. Good. It's really, really good. So talk about, and, and again, like, I, I don't want you to feel like I'm, uh, harping on you. Like, like tell us bad stuff. It's the big expose. Expose. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, unfortunately you don't, you know, 
for this, people aren't going to be getting those kinds of the details because you're pretty squeaky clean. Um, you know, any personal screw-ups? Like, geez, I, this is a personal branding faux pas. I said this or I did this or anything you well, can think of. I'm sh I think I make mistakes regularly. I think it's, um, you know, I, ha I have a high bar for an expectation of myself. Um, we all have bad days, especially when we're really stressed out. I think the um, key to that is um, to apologize and move on. Um, hopefully it wasn't such a big thing, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I lost my cool. I got impatient. I'm, I'm certainly, um, impatience can serve me well, and, um, but maybe stressed out impatience doesn't serve me so well. It's two sides of the same coin. Um, I think that's some of the key to success, right, is our greatest strengths can then turn around and be our weakness. Yeah. And I, I probably continue to learn that over again. I think also if you can, if you're a quick thinker, sometimes you can turn a mistake into a big opportunity. Um, and I've certainly learned through the years in business, if you make a mistake on a client piece of work, and that happens even at the best agency like ours um, is to own it, figure out how you're going to fix it so it doesn't continue. And a lot of times when I've acted quickly, sincerely apologized, put in a new process or, or reconfirmed an old process that got relaxed, um, you can make an even better relationship with a client um, so, by going through a little bit of conflict. And so not that I want those things to happen, but you can make lemonade out of those situations. So, you know, it's interesting. You talked about the average stay in, in a, a company such as yours in your industry, not your company per se, but the industry is 18 months. And you, you have people who have, have lasted a long time. How do you balance being a hard charging business person? Because you have to be, you know, you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to be aggressive. You know, you have to get out there and market. You have to meet deadlines. You have to manage difficult clients. Usually people leave unless they're doing a career change because they get worn out and they want to change. How yeah. have you been able to keep that? Like what, what's your secret sauce in your opinion? Do you have certain rules that, that, that exist within the company that people try to abide by? Well, we do. We definitely have a culture that is supportive and understanding. It honors the individual as well as the the agency and the client. Um, I, you mentioned earlier, you know, working for bad clients. That's the that's the fastest way to burn your team out. Is if you have a client that that um, exercises people emotionally as well as physically. You know. Mm -hmm. um, calling late after hours and demanding things when it, it was just poor planning on their behalf. Um, and so we do, we do look for clients who are good clients, not, e not necessarily easy clients, but um, are, um, they're good people. We're doing good work for good companies um, that were aligned culturally. 
Um, and so that really helps. So if there is a, a flare up that happens or truly a crisis that happens, that people are coming together instead of kind of the blame. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot of uh, culture building training about different communication styles, wellness. We have a wellness benefit. We reimburse every employee $200 a month to take care of themselves, whether that's physically, emotionally, um, even uh, mentally. Um, and so that also really um, not only says, but puts into action that the expectation is that you come um, prepared and, and open-hearted and open-minded into the workplace. Yeah. Hey, Rebecca, how about, you know, and, and maybe transitioning, and I always try to keep our our interviews to about 30 minutes or less um, so that could go on for certainly for an hour with you. Talk a little bit about, you know, you're a mom and, uh, but talk about how, you know, your baby's three. Did that help you? I mean, I married late in life myself, right? And I had children later in life. Um, and I always talked about, and I'm not saying that this is the case with you. It just was fortuitous. I didn't plan it, but I was able to, um, do a lot of the, the foundation building that took a lot of labor and by virtue of not having being married and, and I would like to always be a good husband and a good dad, which I think requires presence. I was able to do some of that foundational work. So when Patricia and I got, you know, got together, got married and had children, you know, it was a lot of that stuff that might've been the source of tension had already been resolved and taken care of. And I'm not trying to project my story on you, but we're similar in a little bit. And yeah. so talk about managing being a mom, you know, yeah. it's different than being a dad, yeah. uh, just by virtue of we're different sexes. And also talk about how, you know, did it help you having a child later or, or like I did or no, it didn't really matter, Tim. I won't know any other way. So um, I, I'll say first, I don't have a very traditional marriage I don't have a traditional work role. Um, so my husband, Randy and I uh, got married later. Um, he came to work with me because in the 2008 recession, his career basically got put on pause. And so I grabbed him and he's been here ever since. Um, uh, we used to joke about when we could put together two quarters of profit, we could have a baby. And then that took a long time. Right. <laughs> Um, right. you know, um, being a mom has, uh, changed me definitely for the better. Uh, I love being a mom. I also, uh, appreciate being able to come to work every day. Um, I think it makes me a better mom when I'm with her. I'm really focused on her. Um, and we have our little traditions and things that we do, um, including an evening walk now. And uh, it's just mommy and me time. And it's just, she's super cool and super fun. Um, she even brings her and plastic super, cell phone super, with her. Yeah, and super cute. I can attest to that following oh, on Facebook. Well, you know, I'm biased. I think she's the smartest, most beautiful thing on the world, in the, in the world. So um. everybody's child is, and it's true. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's true, you know? I mean, she, to you, she absolutely is. Hey, um, so talk, uh, what I'd like you to do is kind of in the last five or seven minutes we have together, <clears throat> I'm going to 
ask you to give away, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, people hire you. Obviously, you're a wizard because you wouldn't build what you have. Share, give some ideas, like give some, pretend that the people that are listening are your clients. And in the context of personal branding or in the context of company branding, do me a favor and, and just, you're not bragging, show them how smart you are. This, this is what yeah. you should be doing today. This is what you should be focused on. Sure. So I think um, I'm going to botch the saying, but um, there's a, a very famous London of economics professor who said, you know, in, in the past, um, markets were made by the physical strength of men. Then we moved to the intellectual strength of men. And in the future, it's going to be about the heart. And so I, I'm doing a lot of thinking about how we bring heart into all types of businesses. Um, and um, even, even technology and everything else. How do, we, how do we bring a human element? How do we stay true to values and purpose? Um, and it, it doesn't matter if you're in finance or banking or technology or law. Um, there is heart to be found in all of it and passion, um, and it can take a lot of different forms. And so as we navigate this crisis right now, how do you put your heart forward? Um, and what does that mean in a corporate setting? Um, what does it mean to the leadership? What does it mean um, to the whole organization? And that is key to any brand, by the way. I mean, that is um, just how you even start thinking about brand. Um, what is purpose? What is vision? What is your heart? What is your why is another way mm -hmm. to say it. Yeah. Um, Simon Sinek is uh, a favorite of mine. Uh, so I, that's where I start. Um, I also look at, um, so can I stop everybody there? is online today. And so if Rebecca, you depended on in-person meetings or in-person events and experiences, how can we take the essence of that? and put it online. So Rebecca, let me interrupt you for a minute because I just so, so happened to have um, come across Simon Sinek too. And he, he talks about your why. Mm -hmm. um, what do you mean by that? It can sound cliche-ish, but what, when you say why, the, what, what do we mean the why? Well, so when I think about why, I think that, I think that's the core of, you know, why do we get our pants on in the morning and come to work? Um, and why is not about a paycheck. It's about the emotion. Um, what is the exchange of chemistry um, that people feel valued for? People feel seen. Um, so some right. people's answer is about creating something that's revolutionary in technology. Some people find that in... Um, making um, capital investments or creating spaces and places. Um, there, there is heart in all of it um, when people are willing to just kind of go beyond just what's on the surface. And I think that's really what people respond to at the end of the day. Even the, even the data says, <laughs> um, you know, humans are emotional beings. Right. And uh, which is why we don't, uh, you know, gravitate toward everything in 
in uh, black and white because color is emotional or not that I don't like some black and white, but <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it, the even business to business, which is, you know, more than 50% of what we do, um, humans are humans. And so um, finding the right way to show up emotionally, um, even in what might be thought of as left brain decision making. Right. So, so are there any hot topics that are out there that people are, are talking about when it comes to branding and marketing or PR? Well, trust is, is, you know, really big. Who's trusted, who isn't trusted, how to build trust. Um, I love Stephen Covey's book, um, The Speed of Trust. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, we either create trust through our brands and our products and our human experience, but what is required for trust from Nordstrom is different than Amazon, slightly different to, you know, um, South Coast Plaza or Irvine Spectrum. Um, there are through lines there. Um, and, and just for people that are listening outside of Orange County or outside of California, those are just very, very popular malls yes. in, in, uh, in Southern California, particularly in Orange County. How about um, any new technologies, right? I, I, see, I see TikTok. My oh, kids yeah. are on it. Do yeah, well, the, that's... Do you see that playing out? <laughs> There's always that? new technology. I think that's one of the things. Uh, we try to do a lot of um, looking across technologies for our clients to find things that are right for them. Um, you know, we're not, uh, most of our customers are more in the professional arenas, so they're not necessarily looking for the cutting edge TikTok or, you know, like a Taco Bell should absolutely be on TikTok, right? That is their audience um, brand, you know, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, more for, you know, healthcare, commercial real estate. It's, um, it's really understanding the intricacies of how to target on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. Um, there's always new, better ways to port data into central hubs so that you can have faster, more real-time analytics, um, using that for key insights to improve response rates. That's really important. Um, I mean, it can get pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that, for example, do you think that TikTok will become part of the business fabric? the professional business community fabric? It, it could when our Gen Zs are, are coming up into the workforce. I mean, right. that's also another big thing. There are four generations validly working in corporate America today. Um, and there is here at Idea Hall as well, from cool. baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, and now we're just getting our Zs. And um, how do you communicate intergenerationally? People stay longer in the workforce because of these recessions. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it is a fun exchange when we talk about music, especially. <laughs> because our baby boomers have a very different opinion about what good music is from our 
uh, millennials or our Zs. Um, but it's fun to create exchanges over lunch and even on Zoom lunches um, to talk about music. Um, we just recently talked about um, what was your first concert? What was your best concert? And uh, that was a really cool learning across the generations. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. the other um, big thing, and it's, this isn't going to be a surprise to anybody, is culture. But I think we have a long way to go on what is the role of the employer? Um, what is the culture in a corporation? Um, I think you know, even we are maybe on the front end of uh, wellness, offering a ben benefit for the last three years. Um, what mental health will do as we return from this crisis, um, the needs there. Um, I'm working on some mental health initiatives in different organizations and universities. Um, I think that's gonna be a real um, growth area and uh, a focus of concentration and companies that can um, understand that people are whole when they come to work and it's in both employee and employer benefit to invest in that. That's great. Hey, you've been, you've been absolutely outstanding. And I, I, what I want to do, wrapping it up a couple of things. Number one is, what's your website? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so our website is uh, www.ideahall.com. A lot of people mistake it for ideal. We are ideal, but it's idea like the light bulb hall.com. And uh, you're welcome to email me directly at Rebecca at ideahall.com. It's great. I think the name is brilliant. And I know you were saying I cut you off. I remember now. And that's probably what you were going to say is it's not ideal hall. It's idea hall. And I think it's awesome. You know, you, you, you come to this hall for great ideas. I just That's think it. it's, oh, <laughs> oh, I just think it's absolutely dynamite. Hey guys, uh, it, Rebecca is before I wrap us up, is there anything else you want to add? Any, any comments, thoughts or anything? I'll just do a plug for you, Tim. You were, uh, uh, one of my mentors and friends and someone who championed me on through some of the hard times and, your workshops were instrumental in me being more mindful and focused about my own personal brand. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. And I appreciate you saying that, although that I always I forgot to tell you at the beginning, I knew because you were a client, uh, this was not about you plugging me, but I am grateful for that. Nevertheless, it makes it, <laughs> it, makes, it makes it more authentic. Hey, if you, if you love this interview and you want to hear uh, more interviews like this, Make sure you go to, um, you know, whatever you listen to your, on your podcast, whether it's Spotify or iTunes, you can go to uh, my podcast webpage. You can scroll to the bottom there and it says subscribe. There's a whole bunch of options. But when you do, what happens is you automatically get a link in your inbox and you can hear these without having to worry if you missed any episodes. So, Rebecca, you um, not surprisingly surpassed expectations. You're a great lady. You are, you are, you're a great, great lady and my best to your, to your beloved husband and that little baby who's so beautiful. Thanks again for being Thank on the you, show. Thank you, Tim. My pleasure. Have a good one. Bye.